0: Welcome to The Life of Plenty. I'm Lisa Urich here with Ashley Michael. I love getting to are. talk. Yes. It's, it's just
1: you and me today. I know.
0: And, and this, this. Yeah. This and our book. buddy
1: Jeffrey. <laughs> our
0: buddy Jeffrey Rosen. Um, we're yeah, going to be talking today about so the excited. pursuit of happiness and an event that we have coming up um, March 8th. But even if you're not able to come or you're listening to this after that event, um, you're gonna really enjoy yeah. learning about him. I'm this so book.
1: excited. I can't believe that we're having him here in Cookville. So this feels like a, so it's a own own little it story. It yeah.
0: That, that you know, it's a wonderful life or something that that I love. Well, I have been enamored with um, things constitutional and, yes. and thinking about our country for a long, long time. As long as I can remember. Yeah. I just kind of wired that way from the beginning. And so I've been following Jeffrey Rosen a long time but you didn't know that. No. And I did, did not Jenny.
1: I did not know. I I don't really follow a lot of um news <laughs> of any kind. Um just, you know, I know my history but yeah. nothing of the of the present. And so, yeah, I was looking at um Books coming out, and I saw this one called The Pursuit of Happiness, and I know that you have written a book, which people listening may not know, but Lisa has written a book, and I have it here in front of me. I have my own copy, which I've read most of. It's called America Becoming, Framing Our Declaration of Interdependence, and it is very much, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say it's really just, um, it's it's nonpartisan. It is just looking at um, sort of the the roots of how America began, what sort of principles we were founded on, and how developmentally America is maybe like a, a teenager. Mm, yeah, and yeah. Um, it's it's a very hopeful book. So knowing that about you and then seeing this book that was coming out that was really looking also at sort of – our foundations, and it talks about Franklin, and I thought, well, this sounds like something Lisa would probably like. I'll just see if we can get this author to come, and,
0: and yeah, and you not. you wrote him, and, <clears throat> and we can talk a little about the book if you want. Yeah. But it's it's a uh, this one is. Uh-huh. Um, the pursuit of happiness. How classical writers on virtue inspired the lives of the founders and defined America. What you could not have known. And I'm always saying people find their their books and such. But mm-hmm. when you invite it, and then they said yes. This is a national figure, Jeff Rosen. Yeah, I did not even know. Yeah, Jeff Rosen. <laughs> He's a big Rosen, deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. He's been running the the national the Constitution Center in mm-hmm. D.C., which is a nonpartisan center dedicated to understanding the constitution and what the framers had in mind and of course he teaches law at uh, george washington university writes for the atlantic has written many books he has a board of directors that include all the past presidents almost unreal and supreme court justices and you know a lot of people who are and civic leaders who are just very interested mm-hmm. in what what was our beginnings? You know, what are we rooted in? Right. And and he started the America's Town Hall meetings, which most yes. people have heard of.
1: I have heard of that. And <laughs>
0: he has a podcast called We the People. Yeah. Where he really talks historically about things. Um, my husband, Dave and I have been listening to it and found it really riveting um, just to we, we don't remember our history. Yeah, and he's really good at bringing it back to us and helping us see things through a historical lens, and it is uh, decidedly nonpartisan. But he wrote how classical writers on virtue, so he's uh, he's really interested in the virtue piece. So the pursuit Mm -hmm. of happiness is not about you know you do you right. (laughs) It's right. It's do what makes you feel good. Right. It's (laughs) it's really about this this higher. Uh, cho- Calling, yeah, this this chosen value mm. of saying virtues are important, and Ben Franklin chose thirteen virtues. Yes. You and I met doing—I mean, not met, but one of our first times to get to spend any time right, together. Right, right.
1: We really saw a lot of each other doing this thing called a Franklin Circle.
0: A Franklin Circle, which
1: was such a cool. So, which I didn't know about, but you had you know studied Franklin and and he a lot of the, our great foundational things that we have in America, like I think the fire department and the libraries mm-hmm. and all these great things that he's sort of credited with. A lot of that came from these Franklin circle Frank- gatherings, right?
0: Right. Franklin, and, you know, in his early twenties, he had wrecked his life a few ways and, and found his life. Otherwise he's a, he's a remarkable character uh, in in the first place, but he said, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to live a good life. I need to choose some virtues. And he chose 12 virtues. And then Told some friends I'm doing really well at these virtues, and they said you might need to add a thirteenth, and that was humility. Yeah. And so he added humility. So but he did start these circles of a circle of diverse friends, and they talked weekly for 44 years, more or less, when he was when he was in town. And those improvement community improvement circles were dedicated not to agreement or disagreement, but mm-hmm. to productive action. Right. So every week they took an action that improved the community. And one action to improve themselves. And then they came back and they talked about the action they took, which was related to a virtue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the first hospital, the first public university came out of those, those ideas, so the cool. library.
1: It's just... And I really enjoy doing it with you even. I mean, I remember... I mean, we just like say charity was one of the virtues, you know, and we would sort of... We would know that we were going to come and talk about that and we would sort of have to think through, okay, what would my contribution to this community be that would help elevate that virtue and
0: there, there were a really lot. really neat temperance silence mm-hmm. industriousness a, a lot of those what i love and found fascinating with jeff free rosen and this book that just came out presidents day or a yes. little bit before but he launched it on presidents day appropriately um is that he talks about the the founding fathers and some of the same things that I had talked about <laughs> and um, That's so cool so it was it was amazing, literally amazing that someone of his caliber with a new book is coming to Cookville with our fledgling bookshop that's here in, in cookville and we're going to have the event march 8th in the first presbyterian church and yes hopefully have about 150 people and yes do that well so
1: if you're interested i just want to say and we'll say this maybe at the end too and it, um, you can go to our website uh, plentybookshop.com on our events page and you can learn more about the event there we would love to have as many of you as we can to come and hear him. It's going to be so good.
0: Well, registration includes a signed copy of the book and refreshments, and of course, there's going to be an event. I have, you know, gotten to read the book and I've gotten to see him talk with Jeffrey Goldberg about the book yes, of the Atlantic at the, of the Atlantic mm-hmm. and and Jeffrey Rosen also writes a legal column for the Atlantic and is really interesting. I. I found it fascinating i I was surprised at some things <laughs> how neat um he 's not gentle with Jefferson. okay that 's good bit. to
1: be forewarned man and, and well things, you know i think there's say, a people have different thoughts he loves,
0: but he loves him anyway. he ends up loving Adams a lot,
1: which is funny. I really know very I know nothing about he just Adams. he sees
0: him as such an introspective man, but it 's not about who he likes or he doesn't it 's <laughs> really interesting. he noted. And this is probably the most fascinating thing in the whole book. And I'm going to... I I plan to take action before I meet Jeffrey Rosen. Okay. Um, He found that the Founding Fathers had a habit of, like, rising early and taking walks and reading and writing sonnets. Ah. They wrote poetry about what they were reading. Was it always a sonnet? Mostly sonnets, yes. Wow. Keying in on the sonnets, the 14 lines and the structure of the sonnet. Mm -hmm. So... He talks a lot of, or a little bit about the importance of that. And what's fascinating to me um, is this is the routine I've chosen for myself these past years. I get up early. That is wild. I walk with the dogs. I sing and pray and do, you know, those. Mm-hmm. And I read and then. Often I write poetry, not sonnet form. So that's the new challenge. That's your new. But I was like, seriously, that's really cool. The founding I fathers, do fathers know were writing poetry. That you
1: get up early and walk, which is not me. I stay up late.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're sorry, they bed would not the be I'm happy with me. The founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just found that fascinating. That's that really, they really neat. and you know, at plenty. We have the poetry nights, and and they bring together yeah. so many people. And, I guess it's
1: maybe uh, the structure uh, of channel of of whittling down your, your thoughts and your feelings into something with great thought. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, and maybe that's why they did. I'm just thinking about why poetry and why sonnets, but that does make sense.
0: Well, they would, they would write, he, he talks a lot about Cicero's Tusculan disputations. Okay.
1: (laughs) Cicero, if, I
0: have if I have heard know, that the Tusculan Disputations—they're pretty. Yeah, no, I don't they're know. They're pretty those. amazing. <laughs> okay, um, and Stoic—you know the Stoic yes. wisdom and the Stoic philosophers—you know those are all Wayne healthy. But the um, there's a there's one notes on Cicero's Tusculan Disputations, and it's a this is a sonnet. I'm going to read. Oh, okay, good.
1: I want to hear this.
0: This morning haze obscures the firmament. Sunlight and clouds in serried blue alloy. A narrow clearing opens fortune-sent. I glimpse a sparkling sunbeam and feel joy. Stoics praise calm joy without elation. Its motion placid and to reason aligned. When it transports with wanton exultation, it fires the perturbations of the mind. The four disordered passions are emotions that lack the moderation reason brings. Elation, lust, fear, grief— Are their commotions? Prudence and temperance are their golden rings. The soul is tranquil, calm, restrained, at rest. The happy soul, the subject of our quest. Ah, so there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what's interesting is using the sonnets, using that that uh, you know, there's a sonnet for every chapter really and, in his book yeah and he's ordering the book the book around you know, there's order temperance humility
1: some of the virtues these are the
0: virtues so the the virtues provide the structure and it was the exploration of those virtues that led the founding fathers to define america and and the constitution in the way that they did
1: which and i'm sure that they got a lot of if i remember correctly you know they had studied and they looked a lot at Early republics and mm-hmm. the Stoics, like you said, and things like that as well. So it's not like they just, yeah, were following their feelings.
0: Well, and that's important <laughs> to know because right. I, I think a lot of times we think that you know they were twenty something and just making this mm-hmm. up. And I'm reminded, you know, we Dave took me to see Hamilton over the holidays. Oh and man, I love that. So and even in the words that Lin Manuel Miranda wrote, you know. Um, in the opening lines he describes that um yeah. Hamilton was a boy without a, a father. Right. That he was an orphan. Right. And that his he's living with his mother and his brother and his mother gets sick and his brother they die and he goes to live with a cousin and the cousin commits suicide. And this poor kid can't catch a break it seems. Right. And he's working with he starts working at the at the docks and with a shipping company and learning about financials and trade and all of these things by taking this job. But what does he do? He reads everything he can get his hands on. He reads, he reads, he reads, he reads, and then he writes. He writes poetically, and they have a hurricane, and he writes in the newspaper, and the whole community said, who is this kid? <laughs> right. And they're so inspired that they take up a collection, yep, and they send, send him, him to be educated yeah, to, the, in the States. King's College, I guess. And uh, And so here he is, the founder that shaped our economic system, mm-hmm. got his training from the shipyards in this island, and from these books that he read. And that's all he had. That in the King's College education, and mm-hmm. where they're studying these other things. So we really have some deep, deep roots when we start to look at them, especially through the lens of of virtues, which I think is is kind of amazing. So I'm excited for him to talk about that. I mean, you know every every. Uh, Every chapter, he's got one on cleanliness, which is a virtue. Oh my
1: goodness! I don't remember if we did that one in the circle. We probably did. did. We
0: did. We did. Because when you think about cleanliness, awaken
1: that virtue in my house.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what you know. We when we did order, I started Mm -hmm. uh, eliminating things that were in the way. I'd love Mm -hmm. to revisit that. Yeah, I've fallen out of the habit because I don't have a Franklin Circle now. But I, I'm hoping that with with this event we can attract some people who want to start a Franklin Circle. There are Franklin Circles that have been going on for hundreds of years. I mean, there's a a society and it's a nonprofit and they support about 1,500 circles across the country. And it's beautiful because it facilitates conversation that, again, is not about pontificating. It's about action. Yes. Improvement.
1: Yes. We're yeah. not just sitting around trying to impress each other with the things we know and the fancy words. And it agree, really and is.
0: Agree.
1: Yeah. What are, yeah. That's,
0: it's so good. And I don't know if I'll have the courage to give him my book or not, but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you should. but it is, it's fascinating to me that he focused on virtues and I felt like that was so important. So my book was about developmental psychology and sort of from the perspective of almost like a, a high school counselor that's, yeah. that's going to an american people and going we're going to get through this we're not going to crash the car destroy our reputations <laughs> or burn down the house we are going to get through this which
1: i had not heard that before and that was such a it, it's very hard i think to be optimistic most of the time about you know the state of the world and the state of our nation and you hear a lot of disparaging things. And, and the news of course is, you know, invokes fear and, and all these things. And so to hear the perspective of, well, let's look at this in the lens of developmental psychology and kind of see, you know, there's the, the toddler phase and, um, and we really do line up with this adolescent phase and that's not the end necessarily. Mm -hmm.
0: It it was exciting to me to go, you know, just like, you know, toddlers flush the commode to see what's going to happen. We, we kind of put tea in the sea, you know, mm-hmm. in our toddler phase. We said, let's see what happens. We're going to yeah. throw the tea in the sea and see what happens. And, and in our toddler fra- phase, we said, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. We did a declaration of independence like every good two-year-old does. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I am I'll, my
1: own. I am my person. own. I
0: do this myself. And then as we grew up a little bit, the founding fathers, we revered them. We, we. We looked up to them. We listened to what they said. We kind of, you know, they father knew best, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and and then we went through our our first, you know, we got, you know, Civil War times as brother against brother and really trying to bring the house down around a lot of things. And it it was a crisis point in the household. Like you see Mm -hmm. in the, you know, the 10 year old, nine year old time frame, and then a loss of innocence with the world wars, yeah, um, where we really kind of came of age. And then after that was sort of a sweet period in the fifties, the you know the forties and fifties, where we we created this idyllic existence, which is that sweet period just before puberty mm-hmm. that we get with, with children <laughs> a lot of times. It's like they're eleven; it's perfect. <laughs> and, and then they hit puberty, and and uh, we hit our adolescence. It looks like to me in the late fifties, early sixties, when we start. Stopped saying father knows best, Mm -hmm. whether that's the founding fathers or, you know, a family structure. And we started saying, what does father know? Right. And, you know, Archie Bunker in the 70s. And we made parents into archetypes. And instead of asking father's permission to get married, we eloped and we did it ourselves. And it's, it's like we we eschewed, you know, we said, we don't need authority. And we threw that off like every good. And you notice that music actually separated then, too. Most societies share uh, their music. But during our adolescent and in yeah. any adolescent period in history, mm-hmm. you see you see music separate between youth and and their elders, and suddenly they don't share music. But you've noticed that people are going to the same concerts again, and now we've kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. To me, right now, we're in our 20s, early 20s. We're yeah. about to graduate from college or high school, and and we're like, what do we want our communities to be like? Yeah. What do we want to be about? And so – what I wanted to do is take a, a fresh frame and say, yes, of course, we're in an identity crisis. Of course, we can't figure right. out what to call ourselves because that's natural right. for This part of of adolescence, you get through, and you're like, well, I'm gonna, am I gonna get married? Right. And if I get married, am I gonna take their name, or am I gonna, you know, am I gonna call myself a citizen of this community, or am Mm -hmm. I gonna call myself this occupation? It's all this identity crisis, Mm -hmm. and we see that heavily today, I think. So those were those were my thoughts, and then I did a read model, which was a model of how reading really helps us facilitate all that. Yes. So you had a R E A. And D. And then the D was three. Yeah, Yeah, three Ds. (laughs) Well, and and the the R was for revelation that that reading gives us. And E was exploring that revelation because when we have a new idea, we've got to play it out in all directions. Mm -hmm. And A was for action, not. Any kind of action, but really the pursuit of happiness, the idea of service action, which is what Jeffrey that Rosen is talking about. That is so key, about. yeah, yeah. Because our brains light up with service, and Jeffrey Rosen really underscores how how important service is to us. And then the D was, you know, in a, in service, we make discovery. That's the first. We go, aha, I've got a new, I I learned something about my community or about people or about myself, and then we have a new dream. That's the second D. We like out of discovery yields new dreams. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those dreams lead us to declarations, not of independence like we did at two, right. but of interdependence like we do at 25. Mm-hmm. You know, when we pledge ourselves as a family or get married or we're, we're making a declaration of interdependence. And so that was the idea. And I, I probably won't have the guts to share my book with him, oh, but you. Oh, you should. We <laughs> have them
1: in the shop. Well, we hide them. So if <laughs> comes we by.
0: Hide <laughs> we hide them. I <laughs> the really first neat. author's mistake of it's really designed more like a workbook to, to give it, it there's
1: people. a lot of content in it so it's, it's yeah thin. my copy is i have read it slowly and i you have to underline a lot and you have these exercises which are so helpful but it's really it, it is meant i mean it comes across like a like a workbook and you really should go through it slowly and and digest it all. i
0: love that you brought it that's yeah. very sweet yeah <laughs> and i brought first principles which is thomas rick's He's a winner of the Pulitzer Prize. He also wrote what America's founders learned from the Greeks and Romans oh, and wow. how they shaped our country. He, um, He's first principal. So there's some real similarities here. He doesn't have the um, virtue structure. He has okay. more like warnings. Um, you know, warnings. the like Washington was indeed concerned that the American experiment was falling apart. Um, and Washington and the early ones were very... Worried about the two-party system or about multiple uh, uh, oh, parties. Really? Yeah. Washington was dead set against parties um, because he really felt like that would be the end of us. And then Van Buren really helped us find our way into party system. The two hmm. Party system. It's kind of interesting to know how we got here. Yes. And, and that informs what we want to create. Back to being in the 20s, what do we want our communities right. to look like? What do we want things to yeah. be? Yeah. So it's a lot of fun oh man i'm am I such a geek for loving them? no it's
1: really well I grew up in in you know the sort of the d c area and our
0: oh, history
1: you? you know when we learned about state history, even it really was American history. It felt like yeah. you know all the all the revolution revolutionary war stuff compared to what I'm seeing my kids here in Tennessee you know, they learn a lot of, of other things that I didn't know about, but yeah, I, I really love all that. And, and, but it's been a long time and we really should as adults somehow, you know, go back and, and read books like this and remind ourselves of these things, because we're in the position now of being voters and decision makers and, um, yeah, I just we've, think this is really, really we've good
0: dismantled a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. and as we build them back up, as we decide what we want to build, mm-hmm. um, I think we need to look to things. Our goal at Plenty is to bring quality, to curate quality mm-hmm. literature, quality voices that can help us think the first chapter in my book is how do I decide what I know? How do I think? Because mm-hmm. it's not going to come from my phone. Most right, of the time it's right. not going to come from the the feed that I get there, um, and that can be yeah. hard
1: and confusing to yeah. really realize. But yes, yeah,
0: it's. I mean, I get a lot of things from my phone. I'm not leaving my phone away. So, <laughs> um, but it's 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 interesting talking to people. You know, young people who feel suicidal or who feel you know there's just yeah. so much of that going on. So much depression and other things, um, and 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 we know that bibliotherapy. We know that reading. Deeply and well is is a key to a life of plenty. Mm -hmm. And which is when we say life of plenty, we're really talking about the same thing pursuit of happiness through those chosen virtues Mm -hmm. and such. We're about out of time. I I guess you want to let's remind people if if you yes. So
1: again, so Jeffrey Rosen is going to be here in Cookville. We're having the event at uh, First Presbyterian Church on the square right there on on Dixie March. 8th
0: march 8th at 11 a.m yes
1: and so we would love it if you could register beforehand it just helps us to plan um and so that is at our website plentybookshop.com and we have a little events page and you can go on there um but you can also just come and if you have questions you can always contact us and yeah, we i have- think this is going to be really good um I mean, just anybody who is interested, but, um, especially, you know, people who are, are educators or who are interested in, um, affecting the community in a positive way. It's just I, so good.
0: I've encountered Parents. so many people who are excited <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Corby King, our, our, uh, superintendent director of schools I yes guess. um and he's like oh as a history teacher and as a person I, he just immediately lit up yeah so um and there's and we're hoping to get judge uh, carolyn knight is possibly she's going to try yes. to manage her schedule so that she can give an introduction and there's there's uh, any number of people who have been uh, excited about it and i i love how many people are excited about mm-hmm. this and it's kind of like if you know you know and if you yeah. don't know Um, you you really don't want to miss the opportunity. Yeah. So it's really good. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. And and thank you for considering and uh, reading because it helps us all create a life of plenty.